Today I want to invite you to come along with me on a journey. I know some of you like to travel and go on trips, but this is a special kind of journey. One that's been coming for a long time. One that I think God has called us to do. God is in. But you know, those kind of journeys, there's always challenges that we're going to have to face. There's going to be some hard work on this journey. It's going to take a lot of prayer. It's going to take a lot of cooperation. It's going to take a lot of closeness and being together. It's all going to require something from all of us. From the back. Yes, we heard that Moses died. But God still calls us to move forward. The journey is going to be to that land of milk and honey that God has always promised us. <laughs> and yes, the land is still filled with those giants and those people and those fortified cities. And yes, I remember the stories of those spies that went in those years ago, but if you'll recall, I was one of those. And yes, there were those giants and fortified cities. And the majority report says there's no way we can, but if you'll recall, I came back and said, surely we must. We listened to those who said we shouldn't. Certainly this journey is going to take a step out of the norm. Surely this journey is going to challenge us all. But God says we don't have much time. Three days to prepare for this journey. Are you ready to go? Are you ready to go? Let's pray. God, I just pray that you would allow us to see a picture of next steps. Understanding of what strength and courage is called for. And yet to understand even more the grace and the power and the benefit of following your call. Lord, use this time to speak and to challenge each and every one of us. It is in your name I pray. Amen. Now I'm excited to be here with you today. An opportunity to, feel, to share with you what I think God has laid on my heart over the last weeks. It's interesting when you begin to prepare and you think you know where God's wanting you to, to, to deliver a message from and about halfway through that preparation you think that mm, that's not it, we've got to go a different direction. Today we're at that different direction. The call to understand and see and to learn from this passage of Scripture of Joshua being handed the, the reins of leadership to the nation of Israel. How we, need to, how we need to consider this is not only a call for the nation of Israel, but a call for the church today, for a call for each of us as Christians today to understand not only a next step once, but 
As we understand our call continuously as a Christian and as a church, we have continuous next steps that we are called to take. Can you imagine as a child if you only took that first next step? (laughs) Where would any of us be? If you fell that first time and got up again and didn't take that step, what would we do? And where would it lead us? Next steps into a new year and next steps into following what we feel is God's call to us. Today a message in that transition from Deuteronomy to Joshua. And I have to tell you this story at the beginning of Joshua has to be one of my favorite of all scripture. It's a story for the people of Israel once again to understand the call to go and claim the land that God had promised them, a land of milk and honey. It's one that brings a whole lot of challenges of understanding how in the world did Joshua do that? Why in the world would Joshua have taken that that opportunity? One that challenges me personally and one that brings, quite frankly, many questions. And yet at at the end of all of those questions, it brings to focus, I believe, the faithfulness of God to do what He intends to do. And how He uses frail individuals to come and to carry those things out. And a message to a world, a message to here in this place, a message to a nation. This was a call, I believe, to be to take bold next steps. You know, as I look back at this church, this church has, ta- has a history and a long legacy of taking bold next steps. We're 124 years of bold next steps and and counting. As Wade shared last week, in October of this year, we'll we'll be celebrating the 125th anniversary. There has been a whole lot of bold next steps that probably congregations and preachers and deacons and all of those in town probably didn't understand at the time that they took them, but bold next steps that were essential to carrying out the message of the gospel in this church, in this community, and around the world. And because of that, this church has made great impact into our neighborhoods, into our world community. This church has made bold steps in in reaching countless people and conversions to a faith in Jesus Christ. This church has taken bold steps of of leaving us a legacy of great facilities from which through the ages have been used to teach and to preach and to, and to prepare people to go from this place and to go out. Not to just to expect the doors to be opened and to be filled, but to go and to bring and to invite those in our community to come and to be a part of the great things that God was doing and has been and still is doing in this place. We're in the middle of one of those great bold steps as we renovate our east wing and put a new entry into our, our facilities. One that I'm sure that you will be as happy as I am when we're all finished. And we won't have to come in every week and wonder, is this the way do we get in or is this the way the wind's going to blow today or not? But when we can finish those and celebrate those and continue to use these facilities for, the great, for proclaiming the great message of the gospel. This church, as all churches, and 
this church full of Christians as all Christians are called to a life of continuing bold next steps. And now, a call to a new bold step into action. Hopefully together, as Wade proclaimed last week and prepared for us last week, about that bold new step of entering again into a time of that historic position of this church of worshiping together, coming together across the generations, coming together with all of our needs, with all of our concepts of what worship would be, coming together as a people of God together to worship in this, a, a bold new step in this journey of faith in the life of First Baptist Church of Norman. Today, I really can't tell you how you feel about coming together. I know there's a lot of excitement. I know there's some concern. I know that there is some fear. Because the reality is that this is going to represent a change. And some change comes with fear. Some change comes with trepidation. Some of those next steps come with fear and trepidation. Some of the fear comes in the fact that that change, sometimes we view the changes as, as what we're going to lose instead of what we're going to gain. Because we see we come to changes many times in our life with our glass half empty instead of half full. This is one of those times that I don't think is just half empty. I think it's overflowing. I think it's overflowing with God's promise and, and goodness and promise for what we can do in coming together to worship. As Wade put it last week, I think it's a scriptural call. I think it's a God call. I think it supports our long-range plan to be a multi-generational church. I think it's a, an opportunity that we have here in this place to be a new revival of God's ministry in this place. From this passage of Scripture, I believe that this transition narrative from the leadership of Moses to the leadership of, of Joshua speaks a lot of the boldness of, of new steps, of next steps. Before you go too far in that direction, I'm not talking about changing leadership here, okay? But we learn a lot in changing leadership from Moses to Joshua. I began this message with an invitation to go with me on a journey. Certainly that must have been at least the initial thoughts of, of Joshua as he was called by God to take that next step of leadership. The nation of Israel, in reality, struggled under the leadership of Moses. Moses is that individual that God chose to bring the nation of Israel out of captivity. Took them through the desert and up to the Shores up to the gates of the, the promised land, and he sent the, the spies in. When God said, just go and take the land, he sent the spies in, and the spies didn't have the vision that, that Moses did and that God did, and they came back and said, there's no way. Those people over there are a whole lot bigger than we are. 
Their cities over there have great walls around them and they are greatly fortified and there is no way that this bunch of desert rats can take that land. Caleb and Joshua said, sure we can. God says we can, let's go do it. But God and Moses and those two weren't enough for the majority to overcome the majority of the report. And we know the rest of the story. They got to wander instead of going and claiming the promised land. They got to wander, but God provided for them during that wandering. A rebellious people, a faithful God. A people rejecting God's plan, a faithful God. A people on the verge of entering the promised land, and they supported that majority report. The majority report, for those of you that don't know the story well, is found back in Numbers chapter 13. Remember, Moses gathered uh, one leader out of every tribe, sent the 12 of them in to the promised land just to see what they had to, before them. Most of them came back and said, I'm afraid. I don't like that next step. I don't think I can. I don't think we should. Came back and said, surely it is a land that flows with milk and honey, but, don't we love that little word, but? <laughs> Gets in the way so much of our life. It's a land that's flowing with milk and honey. It's all that God pre presented it to be. However, but, people who live there are very large and they're very strong. Cities are fortified and very large. We're not able to go against those people, for they are too strong, and we become like grasshoppers under their feet. Any of y'all felt like a grasshopper lately? You know, when we take it out of God's hands and we try to do it all in our hands and we see our vision is better than God's vision, sometimes that's where we go. Caleb and Joshua came back and said later on in that passage, We should by all means go and possess the land, for we shall overcome. The land which we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land, and if the Lord is pleased with us, He will bring us into the land, and He'll just give it to us. God said, here's the land. Go and take it. But... Go and take it, but. How do we struggle with that majority report that came sent back and said, no way? How did Moses continue on to, to lead a, a, a rebellious people? People denied the call of God, and because of that, God said, any of you who saw the miracles of getting you out of captivity... Denied going into the promised land, you will not enter that land. So as we pick up the passage today, we're at that point where the generations have died. God takes Moses up to the mountaintop and says, look over into the land because that's all you're going to see, is to be able to see it. You will not enter it and Moses died. 
God and Moses, or Moses at God's direction, had already anointed Joshua to begin to preparing him to do this time. God came, comes to Joshua and says, Joshua, Moses is dead and it's your time. How many of you would have liked to have heard that message? Joshua, Moses is dead. <laughs> it's your time. All these rebellious people there get to fall under your leadership now. I can only imagine that maybe Joshua could have said, God, you would choose me. <laughs> but then as he thinks about it, maybe, or at least at least in my weakness, I would say, God, why in the world did you choose me? And yet, that's the way God comes to us sometimes. Is God, why in the world did you choose me? Because God said, if you do what I ask you to do, you will be blessed. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous, God said to Moses. Physically strong, sure. But emotionally and spiritually and God relationships strong, certainly. Strong enough to let go and let God be God. Strong enough to know that when he was attacked and when he was abused and when he was used by the nation of Israel and all those that they would come up against, he would know that God was still in control. Courage is defined as an ability to do something that frightens you. Have you all been frightened to take that next step any time in your life? Maybe this morning. Maybe yesterday. Maybe even right now. Because you see, when we take a next step, it leads to a next step, and it leads to a next step. And we don't know what those steps are going to bring to us sometimes, except when we follow the steps that God brings, we know that it will be God blessed. We don't understand maybe what the processes will be. We don't understand what we will step into, but certainly God blessed. God came to Joshua three times and said, be strong and take courage. Three times, one for emphasis, one for assurance. You know, sometimes I, it takes more than once for me to hear it. <laughs> it does for all of us a lot of times. But three times God came to, to, to Joshua and said, Be strong. Take courage. Be very strong. Be very courageous. Moses goes to the people and says, Get your bags packed. We've got three days to get ready to take the land. Surely some of the people's response should have been, we've heard those stories. We know what that report was those years ago. Why in the world are we going to do this now? <laughs> After all, Joshua, it is at flood stage. 
How are we going to get there? What are we going to do? Now what has changed? Because we have had years and years of wandering. We've lost Moses and we've got this new guy coming in and says, now's the time. Certainly a new perspective in the people because this time they packed their bags and they got willing to go. But just in case, Joshua, to settle their minds, Joshua sent in the couple of spies and, and said, it's time. You know, as I look at this, this thing, there's, there's nothing here that tells me that it was going to be easy. There's nothing in this passage that says there's not going to be any challenges. There's nothing in this passage that says... Y'all are going to go over there and be abundant in everything you do. What it says is, take the next step and God will bless you with giving you the land that He's promised you. Taking the next step of what God calls us to do. Church, I hope you're here today. Fully my understanding that God is calling us to a next step of worshiping together. May not know what that looks like. And we won't until we take that next step. But wouldn't it be great, as Wade said last week, for us to sit at the table together of worship and do that? To sit at the table... And do that. Across a true cross-generational expression, all of our people gathered together on Sunday to worship together. Can you imagine the, the, across the generations sitting side by side, having to rub elbows with each other? The older generations being able to share with the younger generations. And listen to this closely. The younger generations to be able to share with the older generations. Because if both of those things don't happen, we won't truly be worshiping together. To allow us to ask questions of each other. to To allow us to be able to approach the throne of God together and struggle with issues that the older generation faces, that the younger generation faces. To be able to hear cries and children rustling papers. And to know that we are following the next step to be God's people together. Together with a purpose. Together with a vision. Together with a willingness to worship Him. And to make God the focus of our worship rather than our own desires. Can we hear and take to heart the words of God to Joshua? I have a mission for you. Be strong and be courageous. I believe these are the words of the Lord. Let's pray.